Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host of the show. Thank you for listening. My guest today, this is episode 77. And as we continue to recover from Gen Con and the great experience that we had there, some of our favorite people were there, and I've invited them back to the show many times. Chris Kirkman and Sherilyn Kirkman. Thank you. Hello. Hey. Hi. And Sherilyn, to be fair, you weren't at Gen Con, were you? You were. You were no, home. I wasn't. All right. I was home. Yep. You were home. For our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, Chris and Sherilyn are the owners and founders of Dice Hate Me Games, the creators of Carnival, which Sherilyn designed, uh, Viva Java, and now the Great Heartland Hauling Company. Yes. You guys got to be pretty pleased with yourself at this point. <laughs> well, we're mostly pleased with everyone else and not just ourselves, but we, we've been very happy for the, the amount of support and the backers that we've seen on Kickstarter and just the people who are not only excited about the products that we have, but also just meeting us and talking to us and, and just everyone's support in general. That's why we love the hobby. It is. So, you know, we've talked ever since last fall over this past year um, this Kickstarter thing, you know, a year ago or so, we didn't quite know how big it was going to be, but it certainly has gotten big, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's exploded. I mean, and I remember it'll be interesting to listen to the podcast that we did do. I don't remember if it was our first one or maybe the next one where we talked about projections for this year. And I think I was probably way off. I think I totally underestimated what might happen. Yeah. I, I think I guessed five to six million for the board game space. Well, shoot. Uh, Reaper, if that counts, what'd they do? 2.3? 3.3. Oh, 3.3. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Zombicide did basically a million, and Ogre did a million, and uh, Sedition Wars did a million. So you've got three. I know, uh, and the year's not even over yet. Yeah, and that, that's just five games. Right. Yeah. It's It has gone crazy. Um, but is it is it masking? There's a lot of things I want to talk to you guys on on this show, and we never have enough time. So <laughs> let's ask this one: Is it is this? Are these huge hits masking something that it's not that successful? That people have to sit back and say, "Look, your next game project is not going to be uh, a million dollar project." Is that reasonable to say that to most people? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and to be honest and and to be fair, uh, that's true in almost anything, not just Kickstarter. But, you know, people – it was like when the internet first started up too. There was a huge internet boom and people said, all I need is a dot-com and I'm going to make billions of dollars. And uh, the truth of the matter was is that only a select few, you know, a small percentage of them actually did. And um, so – Again, when people have to think about Kickstarter and they see all these projects coming out that are making you know close to a million dollars or more, um, you have to realize that for every one of those, there's about fifty that you know either just make a modest amount or some that even fail. So uh, it's it's definitely there's more money coming through Kickstarter, and some of these large projects are seeing that. Uh, but it's still an anomaly in the sphere. You're not going to see those types of numbers with every single project that comes out. And I'm hoping that most people out there have realistic expectations when they put their projects on Kickstarter. And what are you basing that hope on? I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what that reality check here is because I think most uh, people are probably putting out there and thinking it's just gonna it's gonna take off. You're <laughs> right because we get a slew of emails that that think you know they'll ask us you know what's what's this. What's the, the magic? Yeah, yeah. The magic and they're like, uh, hard work. 
I don't know, and uh, a good product. Zombies and miniatures. Zombies, and, zombies <laughs> and miniatures. That seems to be it. And if you combine <laughs> them, then it just it goes it goes nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about that. What what is the secret? Uh, you guys have been doing this now for a year. I've had you on the show several times because you know since the very beginning I've identified that you guys have been consistent, steady, kind of doing your thing. Uh, let's see, Carnival. If we do the numbers, thirty thousand dollars, thirty-five. How much was it? 30, about yeah, almost thirty-five. 35. Yeah. And how many backers? Eight over eight hundred. Okay. Eight hundred and thirty something or something like that. Yeah. And Viva Java. What was the money on that one? Fifty-six. 56. Mm-hmm. And how many backers? About yes. seven. Seven eighty. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And Great Heartland Hauling. Uh, currently, we're at eighteen nine three five with six hundred fourteen backers and nine days to go. So 600, 700, 800 backers, that's a lot of people. How big – so one of the things that started to come out that we've all now realized is that there's a direct correlation between your success on Kickstarter and the size of your network. Would you agree? Yes. yes. Okay. I would agree. Yeah, yes. and I think just our history has shown, considering that our numbers are falling, you in, know, in and I think in the same range, range and yeah. I think Heartland hopefully by the end will – will hit 700 which would put it more in the the realm that um viva java was i think that just goes to show that if you put out a good product and like you mentioned like being consistent which to me is a great quality like to me that's that's better than being the one hit wonder um if you're trying to make a sustainable you know company or any yeah, any endeavor, yeah. exactly, organization or anything, you've got to have that consistency, but also a consistency of voice because, I mean, with Dice Hate Me Games, we also have Dice Hate Me, we have the State of Games podcast, I mean, the people know who we are, and that's really what we've always wanted, no matter what we, what we do, so we keep our expectations realistic, but also based on the fact that we know that there are people who, uh, you know, um, connect with us and we connect with them and we want to continue to um, support them as much as they support us and really uh, uh, bring the hobby together that way. So that's been a boon on Kickstarter. And it's it's been real gratifying seeing that um, we, can, we can pursue our own endeavors as being publishers and Chris being a, a common theory. commentator. Yeah, a commentator. But <laughs> um, but still help the industry as a whole because we're absolutely supportive of everyone who who tries to either do things that are similar to us or um, we, we're constantly promoting other people and and companies as well. And we knew that was going to be an interesting balance to try to to achieve, you know, making sure that we stand out because, you know, as a we, business, you have to. we want to yeah. be successful, whatever that means for us. And we want everyone else to be successful too. So it's it's a challenge. It's it's a it's an exercise in diplomacy sometimes. <laughs> okay, we we'll, we won't ask uh, what we need to be diplomatic about. But I, I think I understand because uh, <laughs> people come and they're like, "Hey, I got this great idea," and then you look at it and you're like, uh, "Your experience tells you that that's not a great idea," but they're very passionate about it. And sometimes right. you have to be diplomatic about that. Let's right, see. and we want to be encouraging, but yep. also um, realistic. Realistic. Yeah. We we definitely focus on the realistic part. Okay, so. let's, let's give some realistic advice then. We're uh, we're in the business of giving advice. Here we are. We have uh, uh, a couple thousand listeners who are listening to the show, and they're like, "Oh, I got this great game idea." I'm looking at Chris and Sherlyn. They're my inspiration. 
I'm going to go do what they did. And what, what, what advice do you give to somebody right now who's sitting there with, maybe they've invented a game or maybe they want to become a game publisher. What do you tell them? Um, I think one thing I would say is to not take any shortcuts. Um, you have to do your research. And what, is, what does that mean specifically? Don't take any shortcuts. Um, it, it's not a matter of just asking people, you know, what is the secret? I mean, you have to do your own research into marketing, into production, into publishing. Um, you know, it's, let's say it's the publishing side of things. You have to interview publishers the way that publishers interview designers. Um, or seek out articles that publishers have put in different places. Right. Or listen uh, listen to your podcast or our podcast when we talk about Kickstarter. I mean, they it's a lot of information out there, and they need to really do their homework to make sure that they're ready to go on Kickstarter first. And, and that's, the fir- that's the first thing we would say to anybody, absolutely. How, how do they know if they're ready? Well, I guess it's like parenthood. I mean, you don't ever know if you're exactly <laughs> ready, but you kind of have to have a small sense. You, but let's put it this way: you'll know you're ready. Um, you'll know. Here's more to the to the point. You'll know when you're not ready, and that's when you have a great idea and passion, but no clue how to put it into effect. So once you start to piece together and see what other people have done or even have a clear vision of what you'd like to do in regards to Kickstarter or the board game space, then you can start to at least get your plan together and get ready. You, you should People should definitely know how much their game would cost for a certain level to so get quotes from, from producers, from manufacturers. Right. I mean, and using, obviously, suggestions and reputation as part of the research. But, you know, what worked for one person may not be the best for another. So... I don't think it's necessarily prudent to just be like, okay, such and such company has, you know, an awesome reputation. Yeah, but maybe there's another company that has a good reputation for a project that's more similar to what you're doing as opposed to, you know, I don't know. That comes in knowing your vision and knowing also your audience. And that's an important thing as well is is knowing how to reach out and to to reach that audience and, 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 and engage them. Okay. And then market, that kind of goes hand in hand with marketing, right. which is a huge part of it. I mean, basically, if you're putting a project on Kickstarter, you are taking the responsibility of wearing many different hats or at least be willing to manage, you know, um, all the different aspects. I mean, there are people who do marketing for a living and that's all they do. But as a as a Kickstarter um, creator, you are having to be the marketer. And the production researcher. And the gopher and everything. everything, yeah. And so that's something that they're enthusiastic. They're like, yeah, I can do that. Okay. And so now they're going to run off and do this. And what advice do we give them? If they're a Kickstarter, it might not be a board game. It could be any project. So how do they know if they've done enough marketing? How do you know? Do you have have some guidelines? And that's why I started the show and asked about your numbers you know, you've got six, seven hundred, eight hundred backers on your projects. I want to do a project. How many? How do I find backers? What do I do? And and I'm not asking because I don't know, but I, I just want to make <laughs> right, sure that right. people understand that. Because yeah, yeah. you're right, I do marketing for a living, but I want to know if you guys have some insights that you've already discovered that maybe some people might want to to listen to it come from you rather than me. Um, I think you know, of course, there are always many pieces to the puzzle, but I think one important piece to um, research is who your target audience is because you can market something like crazy but if you're marketing to the wrong people it's 
essentially ineffective. Right. And and our our actual model of marketing may be different than some other people's marketing. So let's, for instance, I'm just going to mention Nevermore Games because I feel comfortable, we feel comfortable in mentioning Brian and John who are involved with them. Their marketing is a little bit more of a traditional approach of they will put some ads um, on BoardGameGeek. They will contact and send out prototypes for reviewers. Uh, It's a very traditional approach, but it's worked really well because... Their Chicken Caesar did well on Kickstarter. Um, they had a, a good product that that was reviewed well, and uh, they were able to engage an audience that way and engage the proper audience. Now, we do a small amount of that, but more of what we try to do is a grassroots approach, and that's engaging – uh, the community directly. Uh, we're lucky enough that we have the podcast we can engage people with. Um, we, uh, you know, I, of course, do uh, board game reviews, and I'm very active on Board Game Geek. And you know, we have uh, the interaction that we've had with interviews on the podcast, so on and so forth. So it's much more of a uh, an outreach type of marketing than it is a direct advertising marketing, marketing like a traditional approach. So again, but that's that's. Um, appropriate for our audience because we believe that most of the people who respond to our types of games that we want to produce are going to respond to that type of marketing or at least outreach more than the traditional kind. Um, So it's... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and that also kind of goes hand in hand with when we're looking at games to publish. It's not just the game that we're looking at. It is the, the person behind the game or the people, the designers behind the game because we want folks who will who agree with that approach as well. So all of the designers that we have signed on, um, like TC Petty, the designer of Viva Java, and um, Jason Katarski, the designer of Great Heartland Hauling Company, and Daryl Lauder, um, the designer of the upcoming, our next release, um, Compounded, they're all people that we kind of felt like we interviewed them too. It wasn't just that we fell in love with their games. It was that we really appreciated them as people and knew that they would fit into the vision that we have for how we want to run our company. Right. So somebody's sitting there and uh, they're asking themselves, they're listening, they're like, hey, that's very encouraging. Um, So do they, what's your advice then for, okay, I've got this game idea. I want to now get it published. Do I do it myself or do I approach a game publisher and try to convince them to publish my game? What do I do? Well, I think it comes down to they have to ask themselves the question of how much work do they really want to put into it. Like if if, if their passion is really designing the game and, and refining the game and playtesting the game and, and getting it to a, a state that's uh, very polished, but yet they have no desire whatsoever to deal with the bureaucracy of sending out prototypes or worrying about marketing or getting quotes from several different manufacturers and finding the best price for the best quality, all the little uh, minutiae that you have to put up with on the publishing side, then yes, if they don't have any desire for that whatsoever and it turns their stomachs, then they should probably go and try to pitch their game to a publisher or to a, a, a publishing house that will take that game and then take care of all those small things that they don't want to deal with it. Now, if they have the wherewithal where they think that they would like, they have a passion for marketing or they, they, they love uh, sitting down with spreadsheets day in and day out, like thank God Sherilyn loves to do that, um, then sure, give it a shot and put it up on Kickstarter themselves as long as they make sure that they're, they're prepared for all the little bumps in the road and they have the time to uh, dedicate for the commitment to do that project. I would say at minimum, it's like taking on a part-time job, like oh, yeah. a 20-hour-a-week job. 
as yeah, if you're running a yeah. Kickstarter campaign as far as, and luckily, you know, there's Chris and I both, but I mean, everything from like all the stuff that Chris just said, and then, you know, customer service, that's another big thing. I mean, that's what differentiates a lot of companies from the ones that are not so successful. Okay. And so we'll talk about those uh, resources. One of those resources is you get a lot of calls, questions. I get a lot of calls, questions. A lot of people who have done Kickstarter projects get a lot of questions. So where do you go to find what, – before I ask that, what, what's the top questions that you get that people ask you about your Kickstarter? What do they ask you about? How are you successful? Just that generic? Yes. Yes, yeah, usually that generic. <laughs> or how did you get started? Like, you know, what was what was like your first steps to, to really get started? I feel like we but, should make a documentary. Yeah. I have a camera I have a cameraman that can help with that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> he, I do. He'd love to that come. That could to, be fun. He'd yeah. love to come to Raleigh. Oh, you guys could actually come to San Francisco. Why don't you guys come out here instead? Ooh, that would yeah, be that would that be, would be awesome. nice. Yeah. All right. Well we got the plans for that. So when somebody says how did you get started? Why or um how did you become how did you become successful? What was that was that the question? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Why are they asking that, and what are they hoping to get an answer from you? Are they looking for a shortcut? That's what I. That's what I feel like, which probably is the reason why I used that word earlier, um, because it is such a generic question. <laughs> it's not, you know, something specific that we can really answer. It's, you know, it's like, oh, do you really want to hear our whole life story? And- yeah, it's it's a lot of steps to, to kind of put. It. But I mean, I, I don't really feel like a lot of the people that are asking the question are doing it just simply because they they you know want a shortcut necessarily. Yes, some of them probably are like, well, I don't really know where even where to start. I'm just going to say, how did you do it, and then engage in a conversation. Got it. So it's not a premeditated thing where they're thinking, oh, well, I'll ask this person their 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 magic tricks, and then they're just going to spill them all. We've talked about them on podcasts. We've put them sure. on the website. I oh mean, yeah, they're out there. We we have we don't keep any secrets about what we do. So um, it's just, I guess, a, a matter of being able to find the time to engage in that conversation with someone, which unfortunately we really don't because we're trying to manage uh, the business and the Kickstarter uh, programs or projects that we have, plus our own individual jobs and freelance opportunities. So. Um, we put it out there so that people who are, do look for it can find it or listen to it or read it, things like that. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have enough time to respond always individually. Got it. Yeah, well, more specific questions are a little bit easier to tackle than right. You found than I'm looking ones. to do a, yeah. I'm looking to do publishing for this type of game. Do you have any contacts where I could publish? Yeah, you know, something exactly. Like that. Yeah, then yeah. we're happy to pass on that information. Right. You know, and uh, there's been. I've been asked these questions. You and I have had these conversations, the both of you, before. So, you know, as you guys know, one of the things I'm doing is launching this crowdfunding academy so that people can find a way to get these basic answers. Uh, but one of the questions I have that's starting to pop up, there's more and more I'm seeing it pop up on different places, is Kickstarter consultants. Mm-hmm. Pay me money and I will help you be successful on Kickstarter. What are your thoughts on that? We've only got uh, just maybe a couple of minutes here. What are your thoughts on that? Um. Well, I mean, if if someone out there really feels like that they could get their money's worth, and the and the consultant has a good reputation, like they've proved themselves with previous projects, that I don't think that that's really a bad thing. Um, again, it's something that they have to factor in as far as like uh, when they're trying to figure out their overall costs, their production costs. Also, I mean, that's one thing that 
a lot of people don't factor in is like they have to pay a graphic designer, they have to pay an artist. They're gonna they're gonna have to pay not only the printing and manufacturing, but also the shipping. Uh, if it's if it's not domestic printing, shipping overseas, plus shipping out to backers, plus all the time to fulfill that if they don't get a fulfillment service like GameSlut to do it. So uh, all those things start to add up, and then when you add on a consultant on that, if the consultant is has proven themselves and they can guarantee a higher bottom line to take care of all those things and also encompass their own fees for that, it's probably not a bad idea. But personally, it's not rocket science. Um, I, anybody that just takes the time to do their homework and make sure that they have you know the bottom line taken care of, they can do it. Anyone out there can do it. It's 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 definitely not an esoteric art. Uh, yes, it does take commitment. It does take planning, planning. and principles. Yeah, but uh, anybody can do it. All right. Well, we'll take that as an answer. That uh, that if you're listening to the show, Chris Kirkman, Dice Hate Me Game says you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just go out and do it. Well, I, I certainly appreciate uh, you guys being on the show. It's been great to watch the success of Dice Hate Me Games over the uh, past year. Uh, great Heartland Hauling Company is out there right now. It's doing quite well. 600 backers, $18,000, nine days to go. Um, I got to play it. We played it at the World Board Game Championship, the, all of us, and we had a lot of fun. The winner, the first turn, our last question is, how do you determine the first player to go in Great Heartland Hauling Company? <laughs> It is the uh, the player with either the finest mustache or, or the, the longest, longest hair. hair. And, if, and a, if there's a tie... You have it, to settle it with an arm wrestling match. And it was fun because uh, we had... Uh, we had a couple of those, we actually. We had a couple of those where the uh, had to be settled with an arm wrestling match. And I was, yeah, but you can see the video of it on our campaign page, you actually. Can. And yep. for those yes. of you, I would not <laughs> recommend arm wrestling against Chris Kirkman. He... Uh, <laughs> Apparently he's pretty good. That was something I learned about him. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a man. He's I'm a man. man. He's got some. And time. I've been growing. I've been growing out my beard and mustache during the campaign too. So now it's much much finer. <laughs> well, thanks guys. Thanks for being on the show, and I'm great. Uh, great success, and we look forward to continued success from Dice Hate Me. Thanks, thanks, Richard. Okay, you've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and hopefully you've heard something inspiring. That's our bell. Uh, End of the show. Take care, and we will look for you on Kickstarter. Bye-bye.